0: Keep listening because it's time for the Cartoon Violence podcast. It's coming up in three. two, Wait a minute, I'm Duke Nukem. There, it's coming up in three, two, one, go. Live via satellite. All
1: right, All the, let me let me touch these things on the level, guys.
2: Real hot. Less hot somehow. Uh, nothing can what make me less hot, I had a bear.
1: Aww. Put on more clothes. No. All right. So uh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can, I can hear me? Can everyone hear me? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful.
2: Yeah. You you sound more like a robot than ever, Professor Robot. Beep boop Beep boop <laughs> So um, we're we're here in um a, a glass aquarium, uh, outside the Mark Twain Hotel, uh, which is a lovely hotel. In a neighborhood who I would not put that adjective on. <laughs> uh, this is this is on Taylor. What what is it? Three or four blocks up from uh,
1: Turk. Oh, Turk and Taylor. I, yeah. I think that was recently named the worst corner in San Francisco. E- yeah, we've we've had some memories yeah, in this neighborhood. We used to have first, a practice
2: space. Yeah. A couple blocks down the street. Um, a little closer to where the P runs downhill. <laughs> you know, this we're, we kind of have high nice. ground right now. Yeah. So uh, we're in, in a good place. In then. case of an attack, we won't drown. Right. Um, mm. So, and we are here with John St. John. Hello. Voice of many things, and that are mostly virtual, uh, mostly. In, in, including,
0: no. including oh, Duke Newcomb. Woo! I've got balls of steel, baby. Hail to the king. Your face. Your ass. What's the difference? Mm. Come get some. Tell me when to stop.
2: We'll we'll just put this on loop (laughs) and and pretend like this is the first time those (laughs) have ever been said. Yeah. That's going to be the whole podcast pretty much. This is some hot dialogue. We should make a video game out of it.
1: Ooh, I think that's a good idea.
2: And uh, Skyping in from the land of food poisoning.
1: Oh, hi there, everybody. It's me, Professor Robot, your uh, gracious host via satellite from my underground lair. Somewhere near Botulism, New York. (laughs) Oh, yes. I don't know what I ate, but it hated me. It hated me a lot, and I could not leave my apartment today for so many horrible reasons. And you never know what it's going to be. I had a
3: steak in Chicago that made me sick a few weeks back, and I've never had that happen before.
2: What the hell, Chicago? Did you file a complaint with the cow responsible?
3: You know, I should have. I did not go back to that restaurant when they had one of the convention wanted to hold the guest dinner there. I advised against it. So we went to a TGI Friday's. Uh-huh. Aha. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Endless apps, yo. Yeah. Endless yo, apps. That's true. That's true. And the waitress Can't... was hot. So it, it turned you. out to be pretty good.
2: So, speaking of endless apps, uh, before they were cell phone apps, there were shareware video games, and I just want to give a mm. shout out that I'm sitting in the same room with Scott, Scott Miller, Miller! Here,
3: who... Oh my god, it's Scott Miller! Who, who was
2: responsible for, for many video games touching my young computer user hands as a child. Mm-hmm. I would go to stores with a lot of weird older men and buy floppy <laughs> disks and stick them in my port and be taken to magical lands...
3: All because of Scott Miller. (laughs) Now we're all weird. Now now you're a part of my world. You know how many young gamers say, wow, you corrupted my childhood. (laughs) Uh, Jill, the jungle were the first pixel boobs I ever saw.
2: (laughs) That's epic. That was epic. That That was different. All right.
1: Uh, We had to shake it, baby.
2: (laughs) That's right. Nice.
1: Well, Well, it was was
2: a glorious time back when, when you could put out software for free and then people would actually pay for more of it instead of just downloading the next free thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the
3: original free-to-play.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now you guys you guys are there. Uh, the whole reason this came about is because you guys are promoting your new title as yes. well. So, like, should we get the plug out of the way? Oh, Bombshell, gonna... baby. It's the bomb, I'm telling you.
3: So, John, uh, what voice or voices do you do in Bombshell? Well, in Bombshell, I am one voice. I am the villain in this game uh, by the name of Jadis Heskell. Jade he's has, badass. Is that
2: like Katniss Everdeen? Are they related? <laughs> Jadis and Katniss. Jadis and Katniss chill no, in they, the same it's family tree.
3: <laughs> so what, what kind of character is Jadis the villain, you say? He is the villain. He's, uh, he's a fellow who developed at one point all kinds of, uh, uh, what do we call it? Uh, Biomechanical augmentation. Yeah, biomechanic, that's augmentation, biomechanic augmentation, but okay. not all earthlings are willing to be transformed so this is like getting into cyborg territory it's getting there yeah
2: yeah would you say you your character is a transhumanist
3: yes I would say he's a transhumanist
2: hang hang out with Ray Kurzweil (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have another drink (laughs) (laughs) good one Ah, so what's your favorite part of about um, this character and working on this project
3: uh being so evil And uh, that the direction was very easy. The folks at uh, 3D Realms were just so easy to work with on this. Uh, They brought me into it, I think, because there's some fanboy stuff going on there. I think Fred is a fan of mine. And uh, when he asked me initially if if I'd be interested in working with him, I said, oh, my God, yes. He said, can we afford you? I said, I'll make it happen. Let's do it. I just want to be a part of this game because I know what you're doing. Right. And so they brought me in. He said, uh, "We want you to be the bad guy, Heskell." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I get to turn on the evil." And I think I did a pretty good job. We'll wait until the reviews come out, but but I like playing evil characters, and this was the best.
1: Nice. Do you like playing evil characters more than playing good guys? Because usually good guys, you gotta they have to restrain themselves. Villains, like it seems like you know, their balls out. You can really. Take the character over the top if you You know, like. Blake,
3: I think most other voice actors might say yes to that immediately. Me, no, because you have to consider that the most famous character I've done was Duke Nukem and he was the good guy and he could say whatever the hell he wanted to say and often did. <laughs> um, of course, it's all scripted, so, you know, it's really about, for me, just channeling the angst and the anger and just being evil. And it's fun to do. It's fun playing an evil part. Have you? Is this the like the first full developed evil character
2: role that you've gotten the chance to play through an entire
3: game? Oh no, no! I was okay. uh, sweet tooth, the the evil clown in the Twisted Metal Four game. That oh, wow. was uh, he, that was an evil maniacal. That's a character. classic character too. It is too, and and in that game, he he actually screwed you over. Even when you won the game, you got screwed. I don't know how how well you remember, but let's say for instance, you defeat Rob Zombie in Twisted Metal Four at the end of the game. Uh, Sweet Tooth grants your wish, but your wish always ends up screwing you in the end. Uh Uh-huh. So you know, yeah, he was he was a, he was a He's nasty, an evil genie evil guy. kind of character. Exactly, but that was a very vocally stressful character to do because it was my take on the uh, remember uh, Tales of the Crypt. Oh yeah, the HBO the Crypt other. Keeper. So
2: greetings, boys and ghoulies.
3: You know, if you talk like that for four hours in the studio, you walk out like this. Yeah. But with Heskel, that didn't happen. The, the The voice was more natural in my range. I didn't have to stress so much to do it, and so it comes off much more believable. It's not so cartoony as other evil characters I've done. This one is by far the most realistic evil character I've gotten to play.
1: Other than other than Duke, who's like, what's your favorite voice? Oh, uh,
3: because of the ease of it, uh, voices that I do that are just my rip-off of uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Hello, this is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of Federation Starship Enterprise, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've used that voice many times in, in games. The original King Varian Wren in World of Warcraft was simply me doing my Patrick Stewart's impression. <laughs> and then um, there was a Cap- uh, Admiral Kunkka in um, Guild Wars 2 or Dota 2. Which one was it? Oh, God, they're going to hate me for saying that. There's so many games, so many parts. Anyway, Admiral <laughs> Kunkka was the same thing. Simply me doing Patrick Stewart's voice sort of like this and, you know... It goes over pretty well. It's a great
2: multi-tool to have in your toolbox. It is. You know, I actually
3: get a lot of jobs doing impressions of other voice actors. Um, Not spot on. My Patrick Stewart is similar, but not exactly right. My uh, Sam Elliott is not exactly on, but I've gotten so much commercial work doing that voice. Like, uh, you know, he's uh, Sam Elliott does uh, Coors Light, the banquet beer, and Dodge Ram trucks. So I started doing kind of an impression of him, and it landed me a lot of work for car dealers, mostly in Oklahoma and Texas. And uh, because of the uh, car dealers in Oklahoma City I was doing in that voice, a, a burger chain called Whataburger out of Texas hired me to be their voice for a while. You know, talking that same Texas drawl kind of voice. And uh, so sometimes an impression of somebody else's voice can land you work, too. Haskell, on the other hand, is not an impression of anybody.
2: So I've heard that a lot. Uh, I listen to Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson, one of Uh my other favorite podcasts. He's so good. Oh, God. He's one of the best.
3: He is. Absolutely. And, And he's
2: friends with all the other... One of the best there are. Yes. Uh, it's a great podcast. And one thing I, I notice as a pattern is, as you said, the, the voice where you try to do a specific person ends up becoming another character if it's slightly off yeah. from, from it's the It's a character
3: of them, but sometimes that's what they want. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I'm curious, how, how? did you initially get into voice acting? Uh, I was a radio DJ and uh, production guy for many, many years. I had a 35-year radio career. And uh, as a morning show guy, I did a lot of character voices. I did all of the ex-presidents and, uh, you know, a lot of celebrity voices. And then uh, as a production director, you know, the guy who makes all the commercials for a radio station, I had to be able to make uh, commercials so that a stop set could run five commercials in a row that are all my voice, but you couldn't tell it was me on all five spots. That was a talent you had to have as a production director back in the day. And so uh, these things led to me really fine-tuning my voice And, uh, you know, being able to actually, uh, modify my voice for different projects and that led right into video games naturally when Lonnie Manella from Audio God showed up in my studio in San Diego one day and said, uh, we'd like you to audition for Duke Nukem 3D. And that's really how voice acting started for me. And I got out of radio after that because, well, radio was going to hell anyway. You know, it's all corporate bullshit now. Um... And it has just been a boon to my career to get out of radio and just do voice acting has been so wonderful. And video Uh, games led me into that.
1: How often would you say you're in a studio like laying down, uh, laying down lines nowadays? Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.
3: Nice. Just just every single day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I cut it off at five o'clock and I never record on weekends. That's good discipline. Well, I still have kids. I mean, my kids are grown, but my youngest is 17. So I spend my weekends with my youngest daughter. You know, I don't want to be in the studio recording. I would rather spend quality time with my kids anytime I can. Right
1: on. So you Mm -hmm. must do like thousands of voices each week then.
3: I do a lot of voices every week, yeah. And they're all different. That's the great thing about being a voice actor. The job is it's never the same two days in a row. And every audition is different. And you can put whatever spin on an audition you want. It's like when I have an audition come in, I don't do just one take. I'll give them three takes, and I'll change my voice for each take because I think it ups my odds of getting the job, for one. Plus, it's just fun. I'm just pretending like I was when I was a kid imitating the Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know? It's the same thing today. I love it. never gets old. Well,
2: that's That's... great that you can get paid for doing something that's fun and fun the second time and fun the third time. I've
3: never worked a day in my life. And it
2: shows. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we all have it shows. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, but sir. You're kind of you're kind of living you're mm-hmm. living the dream as far as I'm I'm concerned. Like voice acting is something that I am just like like and the doc, the good doctor will testify to this that I am just completely obsessed about just in general and like I'm always curious like how people like get their breaks and how they find their way in and like how they they keep relevant. So is it just like you just put yourself out there on audition? You do, and and it's often luck. I mean, sometimes we like
3: to think it's talent, but it's really luck. You have to consider how an audition goes when the casting director puts a uh, a call out for a particular project. They have no idea what voice they're going to use. They have no idea. They they may know whether it's going to be male or female, uh, what the age range might be, but what exactly the voice is, they don't know. So they put a call out for 200 auditions. And they listen through as many as they can, and then you know they might say, uh, you know, oh, number sixty four was great, number seventy two was great, so they'll pick five, and then they'll narrow it down from there, and then sometimes they get us into bidding wars, and homie don't play that game yeah. I, you know, I know what my rate is, what my minimum is, and I won't take anything less, and if they don't want me fine, there's somebody else who does so i'm I'm kind of particular about uh, auditions these days, but yeah. It's, yeah. That's pretty much how it goes. They don't know what they want until they hear it. But <laughs> it, so, it sounds ha- like when you,
2: when you first started, it was being known as a radio DJ that got an agent to ask you to do something else.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It really was Lonnie Manella from Audio Gods who said, you know, you should be doing voice acting because you have great range. And so that's really she convinced me to start doing voice acting. And so it's funny, though, I think the first game I did was Duke 3D, and the next game was Candyland. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice contrast. Right? And so it's been like that my whole career. It's one fun kids game followed by some dark, you know, bombshell. (laughs) I came here to
2: eat candy canes and to bring you presents,
3: and I'm out of presents. presents. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh oh, we didn't lose you, did we, Blake? Oh no, I'm here. I'm I'm just
1: being. I'm just horribly amused right now. We've just got some miscellaneous (laughs) Skype
2: noises happening
3: in the background as other people
2: uh, try to the 3D realms contact list go on and off.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, Blake, before we started the podcast, we were talking for a couple of minutes, and I think I told you, I you sound a lot like one of my former radio partners when I was in Philadelphia at a station called Eagle 106 years ago. I did a morning show uh, for a short time with Danny Bonaducci. Remember, he was Man, uh, yes. he was on the Partridge family. I You're...
1: do. I, I, I totally remember Danny Bonaducci And I take it as a compliment because I feel like I'm very Bonaducci and just in general. Really? In are, are you a, are you a ginger by any chance? No, I'm not. I do have a magnificent red beard. Do you? He's got you yes. have red hair, Tint. though. <laughs> yeah, my hair is my hair is totally fine. No freckles. I'm not that pale. Like, just the ginger beard from, like, the Scotch-Irish side of my family. Okay,
3: so are you, like, muscular
1: and shit? Uh, you could. That's a good way of putting it, sure. Okay, because
3: um, Danny Bonaducci, you know, he started was, working out a few years back and, and got all yeah. carrot top.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I haven't gone carrot top. I'm, I'm actually needing to get back in shape now, but that's a whole other story. But, uh, you I know, know all all Sphero, it is a shape. I know we're going off on a tangent, but you've got a great
3: voice, Blake. You should be doing... Thank you. Don't do terrestrial radio broadcasting, though, because that's not a good business.
1: I won't do radio. I would love to be a voice actor, honestly. I would. There I wish go. I could be a voice actor. Well, you can um, be. I I think I could be. I think it's just about figuring out how to... I think, like, more than anything, because this is such a... It is, like, kind of... There's so many people vying to be voice actors.
3: Yeah, it seems like. And,
1: and like, so many... It's, it's everyone else's dream, too, so it's really tough to kind of get your foot in and kind of make a name for yourself sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's another
2: thing where, you know, similar to being in a band when you have to put together a, a press kit and have a demo when you're a voice actor, you got to put together a demo reel and have a resume and a, you know, exactly. Whatever, whatever identity you're trying to make a career out of, you have to act like it's your only identity when you're presenting it to people hiring for that career. But like Mm -hmm. now in the 21st century, we've got, we've each got five DIY jobs that we're trying to make happen. It's like kind of schizophrenic trying to have a, you know, a technical profile and a creative profile and a voice profile and an acting profile and a music profile. It's like everything you want to do requires a separate brand and a separate PR guy.
3: (laughs) You know what they have in common, though, between uh, being a recording artist, uh, either voiceover or a musician? You're only as good as your last project and what people remember you by. And that's why I'm really, really pleased with this bombshell game, because people are going to remember Heskell. After they hear it and see this game, they're going to remember me for this. You know, I I don't mind being remembered as Duke Nukem, but I'm much more than that. I've done over 150 games, but people still only know me as either Duke Nukem or Big the Cat. You're the Christopher Lee of video game voice work. (laughs) I've never heard that before, but I like it. Yeah. But, but I don't want to be pigeonholed you know, into one character, so I'm really hoping that Bombshell and the Heskel character that I play is really going to make people see, oh, this guy is not just Duke Nukem. He's got great range and can do anything, because there's a lot of developers who I'm sure will not hire me because I'm Duke Nukem, and they think that's all I do. You know, thank God for uh, companies like uh, 3D Realms and, and, and even Valve. Uh, Valve has a bunch of uh, developers who were in their teens and 20s when Duke 3D came out. And so they're fanboys. And they hired me to do games because they were fanboys. They didn't even know what range I had. But because they were fanboys, they went on my website and listened to demos and went, oh, yeah, this guy can do whatever we need him to do. And so they would hire me. And I'm hoping more, more developers out there will get that clue. I hope they're yeah. listening to your podcast.
1: Yeah. How often, but I mean, how often do people not even know that you're Duke Nukem? Because I mean, one of the nice things about voice acting is you're kind of physically anonymous. That's don't, true. Don't and, and you know, the, the great thing about that, about
3: voice acting and, and being a, a popular character is I get invited to conventions around the world. And these conventions I go to, you know, I'm, I'm a star, you know, and everybody wants to meet me. And they have to I have to be transported around in the back hallways through the kitchens and stuff because people will mob. And, and it's so cool to be famous at a convention, but then when I go home, nobody knows who I am. I can go shopping at the grocery store and nobody knows who I am. It's way better than being a film star. Yes. Uh, except for the pay. Yeah. But other than that, it's way better than being a film star.
2: Yeah, we get away with that mostly because just nobody knows who we are. But that's going to change. <laughs> After the John St. John episode. Oh, uh, 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 The Colbert uh. bump. The St. John
1: bump. Cartoon <laughs> violence is going to get big.
2: <laughs> that's that's what we think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm right I, here with you.
1: I wear ro- I wear battle armor on stage and my face is is covered up. So I kind of like that though. I like You, you like the I, anonymity on stage? Yeah, I like that, you know, it's it's me but it's also not me. It's like I'm Professor Robot, but then when I'm not Professor Robot, I'm just this other guy that no one really knows about. Okay, so you're a cosplaying yeah. musician. I uh, I guess I I never thought of it as cosplaying, and I well it is? I guess it is, but it's like I'm cosplaying as myself, if that makes any sense.
2: It's an original character cosplay, not, oh. a, not a fandom oh, cosplay. Oh, okay,
1: I see, yeah. so, I see. It's so, not like Boba Fett, Mandalorian armor, or anything like that. It's like completely mm-hmm. original, like I had armor made just for myself specifically. Oh,
3: custom made. Yeah. Oh, ah, we know where all your band money went. Oh, Could man, have bought that's... a new amp, but no, you wanted actually, to cosplay. I just <laughs> okay. bought a new amp
1: last week, actually.
3: <laughs> Did you what kind?
1: Uh, I got an orange uh, C60. Oh, those are sweet. Oh, I'm loving it. It's it's what, the best amp ever. What kind of
3: pedals are you using, man?
1: Uh, You know. Uh, Do you have a Line like, 6 by any chance? I don't have the. I really want the Line 6 reverb delay pedal uh, really badly. But uh, right now, I'm just waiting to get my Big Muff pedal back from a friend.
3: Oh, that's I a just, good one.
1: I bought the Hatsune Miku pedal, if you know about that. I do yeah. know
3: that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I just bought that. I got a couple just like generic boss compression sustain pedals, a whammy pedal that I love the crap out of, uh, like an old <laughs> phaser pedal. Uh, like, yeah, I'm actually, I've been playing without pedals for years now, and I'm just Dude,
3: kinda, I don't know how you kinda, play at all in that costume. I'm looking at you right now. That's sick. I'm just showing him the uh, the the animated flyer for the Halloween show that I just put up. How in the hell can you play like that? I bet you sweat off 10 pounds when you play. I, at least 10 pounds. Dude, just uh, playing the piano and singing makes me sweat like a pig.
2: So there's that, that, uh, kids in the hall sketch. Yeah. Where the guy, uh, Scott Thompson, plays a guy who sweats right. and they bottle his sweat oh, yes. as it like an aphrodisiac oh, yes. perfume. I've seen that one. We, we need to start doing that. <laughs> Good I, I, sweat I, in I'm, jar. I'm wearing a latex full head wig and a lab coat on top of my normal clothes. And Professor Robot's wearing armor pieces. Yes. We uh-huh. are the sweatiest band on the west coast. <laughs> we least. really need to start bottling our Dude, our if you bottle it could be
3: a, like a jackass episode. Let's make somebody puke. Come on.
1: Steve will yeah. drink our sweat. Steve will st- <laughs> Steve o- will snort
3: your sweat, dude. <laughs> Steve will do anything it. if you pay him. We could we could probably get enough
2: sweat to fill a goldfish bowl and then put a goldfish in it, and he could just chug the whole thing
3: and then just cough up the goldfish. I just want to know now if a goldfish will live in a bowl of sweat. Let's and find out. And for how long? I say four minutes, and I'll put five bucks on that.
1: Well, it's a, if it's a saltwater fish, I mean, yeah.
3: Oh uh, well, goldfish point. or not,
1: you said goldfish.
3: Yeah, goldfish, would die, goldfish would die a salty death. Yeah,
1: be pickled goldfish. Yeah, I think I think I think a saltwater fish could survive. Quite I agree. A time in my sweat. I agree. I so agree. if we if we go tropical, I think you know, depending on how often we clean it with new sweat. Okay, can you start collecting <laughs> so we can uh, do this experiment? I'll, I'll for America. I'll bring in Bill I'll Van
3: Nye, th- the science guy, if I have to.
1: I'll install, or the
2: MythBusters. I'm going to install a collection trough in front of my keyboard. <laughs> Because <laughs> right now it all falls on the keyboard, which is no good. No, so, no uh, cheating by spilling the drink or anything. I gotta have okay. like a sweat gutter on stage. A sweat gutter. Yeah. You do spill use drinks. for
1: professional musicians.
2: I I spilled two drinks at our last show <laughs> in the keys. <laughs> I, I, I ju- okay. So I I just cut off a part of my toe and had to have skilled professionals sew it back on. Damn. So I'm kind of gimpy the past two weeks. No offense to people who actually want to own that or phrase. people who are
3: actually named
2: permanently. Gimpy. Right. Yeah, right. I'm I'm temporarily gimpy for a couple weeks uh so i you know when when i'm not hobbling around these days i might be on a narcotic painkiller to deal with the fact that i have to hobble around <laughs> do you have any on you uh no not um, anymore well, i'm to out study check. for you though i right. might find one in my backpack <laughs> you can dig around if you want to uh so i was i was kind of a klutz at our last show i was stumbling around and knocking over drinks and being a general buffoon wow yeah. but how did you perform Oh, I think we sounded great. The yeah. the sound guy really liked us. Sweet. The other bands really liked us. That's all that matters, man. Matt. The three other patrons in the bar that weren't the sound guy or the other bands
1: were <laughs> <No>. <laughs> were indifferent. One, one of those gigs. <laughs> one of those gigs.
3: Tell me you didn't take a cut of the door.
1: <laughs> what cut of the door? <laughs> oh. Yeah. No. It was one of it. It's a special gig, and uh, we're doing one more special gig like this. Well you playing up in like Roseville or something? Where Where, where was it? Nah. It's like in the. It's like right where uh, all the bad stuff starts off of Market. Yeah, like it's nearby. Sixth and Market. Sixth in market at the show uh,
2: by the time this episode airs, this will go live. Uh, actually, this will go live this. automatically at midnight while we are just getting our stuff off stage at oh, the showdown so wow, wow. uh by the time this goes live
3: it will have been in the past but we're doing we will two have shows just rocked
1: this. everybody's faces and yeah. it will have been incredible but
3: you know? you'll be schlepping gear so you'll miss your own yeah. show yeah. yeah
1: that's rock and roll man. sorry i have there heard it, it already eh, well you do what in you got in the editing yeah. yeah so how do? so you're also a musician though yes. uh which we haven't we've we've touched upon uh-huh. like how long have you been a musician for?
3: I've been a musician since I was 10 or 11 years old. I uh, started playing piano when I was very young. Uh, when I was 13, my father decided, since I had an interest in piano, that he would... Do you remember Heathkit? Does anybody know Heathkit? I bet you don't. I don't even Sounds... know if they exist anymore. Scott Miller does, of course, because he's a tech guy. Heathkit would sell you all of the parts to build Anything. So my father bought a Thomas three-tiered electric organ that he and I built from scratch. Every single little tiny piece. It took us weeks to build wow. this organ. But once we built it, I started playing it because it was so cool. And from there, I just I I played you know trombone first in high school, and then uh, bass in the jazz band, and then I learned to play drums. And uh, you know I I. I I've just been playing music since I was a little kid. I just love music. But I love producing it even more. That's my passion. My real passion is producing music.
2: Yeah. What kind of stuff have you produced? I
3: just finished producing a new album for the geek rock band called Random Gibberish. And uh, their album is called The Moon Show. It goes on iTunes November 1st. And uh, we're releasing it at Yomicon in Detroit on Halloween weekend. And I'll actually be playing drums and singing with them in Detroit at Yomacon. So oh, that's, cool. that's 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 the best thing to me is producing music. I love it. I have a you know, I was a radio producer for many years, so I know all the tips and tricks that a lot of young producers don't know uh, because I don't rely totally on digital effects. You know, I can create yeah. effects without, you know, a patch. And uh, so I, I do a lot of that. And and I really love producing music. It's great. So where where you find the time. Uh, in between auditions, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. uh, at night, uh, I'm still in my studio at times producing and playing music. Uh, I will not open the microphone unless I'm singing after 5 p.m. But uh, yeah, mostly at night um, in my free time or on weekends when I don't have my kids around.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. And do you make your own music as well? When I do. Solo
3: stuff? I, I do, but nothing, nothing. Uh, okay. I shouldn't say nothing. For money, I make jingles. (laughs) I've sold a lot of jingles over the years, and I still do them from time to time. But they're very time-consuming because clients, you know, they nitpick the hell out of a jingle when they're spending big money on it. So uh, I tend not to do too many of those unless it's a client I'm really interested in or unless they're very patient and have complete faith in me to write the thing the way it should be. Because, you know, when the client comes back and they think they know better, the project goes straight to hell. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like crap. They want to change a lyric to something that doesn't rhyme. It's like, what? we got to
2: stay on message. You know, know if they
3: want to change the mix or if they want to put more strings in or they want to put in French horns, or fine. But don't make me change the tune
1: or the lyrics after the fact. You know? It's just like when The Doors went on The Ed Sullivan Show.
3: It's oh, just, yeah.
1: <laughs> we, we're going to need you to change those lyrics for
3: us. No, kind of like a, man. Sh- yeah. This is our that's your art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's your, it's... Yeah. don't screw with it. Yeah, so yeah, jingles are really the only thing I've written musically. So I, I'm, I'm not especially proud of it. I, it was just to make money and to have some fun at the same time. But nothing great. And I hear a rumor that you're also in a in a cover band. Yeah. Um I, I well, not any longer. We we're now defunct or disbanded. It was Uncle Boogie was so, so the group. Defunct means you no longer play funk songs. Right? Yeah, and we did play a lot of funk songs. Uh, we played all the uh, the Indian gaming casino circuit in Southern California. So we play at Harrah's and and uh, well, you wouldn't know the names of most of these. A uh, Pachanga, Viejas, those I don't ring any Commerce. bells, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> at Commerce. <laughs> So we played we played a lot of those and and weddings and private events, corporate events. We did a lot of corporate events, but we disbanded a, a few years ago when everybody's schedules got just too busy, crazy for rehearsals or even gigs anymore. And I started doing so many conventions and traveling so much that I wasn't available. Now I play every Wednesday night in a jam band that currently I think we're calling typewriter monkeys. No, no. Gas Station Sushi. Right now we call ourselves Station <laughs> PlayStation Sushi. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> but but it's a lot of fun because it's just freestyle. Every week, I every member of the band, there's six of us, brings in a song. So I'll bring in like, I'll go, uh, I want to do L.A. Woman by the Doors. And they go, okay, let's do it. And we all get out our iPads and call up a chart on guitar tabs. And so we do them all very well. And because neighbors in my bass player's neighborhood where we rehearse have heard us, they've hired us for gigs just because they... Heard us and went, wow! That those guys down the street sound really good. That's funny. So yeah, it's kind of cool. So we still gig from time to time. As a matter of fact, I'm missing a gig Halloween weekend because I'm going to be in Detroit uh, doing a convention instead. But you know, well, what are you going to do? So what, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, rock and roll, baby. What's what kind of songs did you did you cover? In this band. In this band? Oh, golly, so many. Uh, you know what? How about if I call up guitar tabs real quick, and I can just whip off a few titles sure. for you. Because, Go through uh, your browsing history and skip anything inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> what could be inappropriate? What? Yeah. What What could be? It's music, baby. Okay, so in my favorites, here, we do songs like uh, uh, Day in the Life, Africa, Already Gone, Always on My Mind, Amy, Amy. Uh, Day Tripper, Desperado, Drift Away, Here Comes the Sun, Hey Jude. Uh, so many songs. We do a lot of uh, uh, blues tunes. We do a lot of just straight ahead rock and roll. Doors, a lot of Rolling Stones, a lot of Beatles because I love the Beatles. So uh, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a mix. But uh, when we do a gig, we make sure every song we do is danceable. So we're not playing our favorites all the time. But we're making sure everybody there can either
1: enjoy listening or dance. That's that's kind of my my goal with the show. Even though mm-hmm. like we're not uh, the same sort of band, but like I just want people to dance and have a good time whenever I play. Yeah. Like I tend to, I tend to s- kind of stay away from writing songs that are too slow. Uh huh. Just personally, just because like yeah, I want everyone to have fun. I'm not there to be emotional necessarily. Yeah, and we're just trying to hit that sweet spot between
3: like 116, 122 beats per minute where people want to dance, you know, and they feel that beat. And we'll do songs that we're not especially comfortable with that are dance songs uh, just so people will enjoy it at a gig and, and get up and dance. Because the more they, they dance, the more they're going to drink, and the more they drink, the more they're going to dance. And the more they drink and dance, the more are our chances of scoring with the single women who are there.
2: Because that's I mean, why you're really in the music, That's right? really that's, why I'm a musician. It, it's for the that's pussy. why we all play music. Oh, the Gene yeah. Simmons School of Rock.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I find that, you know, it's funny. I, I play bass, and, and a lot of people don't know that. But when I put on a bass guitar, women get wetter. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Is that
2: holding a guitar plays, that makes them
1: wet? It's all that... I you think Duke so.
2: plays bass?
3: Yeah,
0: Duke's a bass player, baby. <laughs> I got some low end, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. show me that G string.
3: <laughs> Let me tune it for you.
0: I'll tune you up, baby. A slap
3: and a pop. A slap and a pop. <laughs> it's like a pipe and a crepe, a bong and a blintz, uh, a smoke and a pancake. I'll take one of those. Yeah. Okay, then. I'm,
2: I'm gluten intolerant, so <laughs> no you'll No crepes the, for me.
3: <laughs> but you'll take the pot. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's
1: medicinal, right? Musicians, man. This musicians. is California. It's all good. Yes, sir. Everybody's cool with everything, pretty much. <laughs> I just finished my tequila, by the way. Ah, well then,
3: then
2: may- maybe it's time we start getting into the business of this show. Let's talk business yes. right now. Let's
0: get it on. So
2: we've got a very important feature. Okay. Called the top five list. Off the top five.
3: I-, I prepped. Are you proud uh, of you me? You are a
2: very good guest, Mister St. John.
3: I'll call up my notes on my magical. Yeah, let's all device. let's all
2: pull out our bleepy devices. So
3: how does this work exactly? I
1: want to know. So each. Uh, episode, we have a themed top five list. Uh-huh. Uh, this, this month, we're doing top five cover songs. Okay. Uh, and the way it works is we can't have any matching songs on any of our lists. I bet it so doesn't the, happen. So, <laughs> in the event of a tie, <laughs> yeah. uh, the person that is not involved in the shootout over a song will pick a character for the two other people to uh, do an impression of. And then they will pick their favorite, and that person will get to keep the song. The other person will have to find another song.
3: That to is too cool. Them. That is too cool. We have to make sure that we have at least one matching song. Let's cheat if we have to, but we got to do that.
2: Oh. I have a feeling we're going to have at least one. You think no, so? No, Knowing knowing the person on Skype. Uh, yeah. Oh, good.
1: All right. How do we start this thing? Uh, well, uh, you start the guest it. guest always starts at number five. Oh,
3: uh, my fifth favorite uh, cover? Yeah. Let's see. Of the ones I
1: have, I'm going to say Tears of a Clown by English Beat. Ooh. Ooh that's a good cover. Yeah? I, I'm a fan of the English Beat. So am I. Oh, man. Twist and Crawl is still one of my favorite songs of all time. That bass line kills it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, but the reason I picked Tears of a Clown is because I used to work with Smokey Robinson in L.A. Ooh. At, uh, I worked at a station called Mega ninety two three, and he did a nightly uh, request show, and... Um, Uh, He did the original version, obviously. I think Smokey actually wrote Tears of a Clown. I might be wrong about that. I better not say that. But obviously he had the hit with it. And then English Beat did it at twice the tempo, three times the tempo. And I just fell in love with their version of it. Who's next? Next. Blake, is it you? Uh, I I
1: can go next. Do it. Uh, All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah, that's a Dylan song. song. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, but I think everybody associates it with Hendrix. People forget that it's a cover. Yeah. And that's to me, that is like when a cover is at its best is When when nobody when everybody thinks that the cover is the original. Yeah, yeah. That's when you've really done an impressive job as an artist.
3: Yeah, I was never impressed with Bob Dylan's "Hallelujah." The Watch uh, something about Bob Dylan that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, maybe I was born too late for Bob Dylan. Maybe, but he never really did it for me. Maybe you're not tone deaf enough. Maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, no, yeah. he's. I mean, he's got some great songs. You can't argue with his songwriting ability. But oh no, yeah, no, no, no! His, his songwriting vocal, was great. His vocal his vocals, ability is what it's stopping point. I mean, I I never really got into Leonard Cohen, and uh-huh. I only sort of got into Tom Waits. And both mm-hmm. of those are very different textural experiences very than a lot different. of other singers. Yeah, you're very true. Uh, but um, I'm actually going to go a slightly different direction uh, from from a song that you don't know it's a cover. Some of my picks are going to be songs that I think a good cover transcends the original and turns it into something totally different. Mm -hmm. So my number five is Johnny Cash, Hurt.
3: Oh, uh, wow. Why didn't I even think of that one? God, that's good.
1: That's my number one.
3: Wow.
2: Okay, so we're going to have to duke it out right now. All right. John St. John is going to have to pick the voice impression that Professor Robot and I will
3: duel over.
1: I hope it's Danny Bonaducey.
3: Oh, cheater. <laughs> oh, it will not be Dan Bo- Danny Bonaducci. It's going to be way <laughs> weirder than that. All right. You guys ready? I'm ready. Big the Cat it out. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to hear the original Big the Cat let's, for inspiration?
2: <laughs> yeah, remind me. Froggy, you don't look so good, little buddy. Where's my froggy? Uh,
0: I'm going to beat you at this one, Victor. You, you got nothing on me. You're getting swashed. Or-
2: well, I don't really think you got what it takes, because I'm a podcast voice all-star. Oh, yeah?
0: Well, I'll kick your fucking ass.
2: You can't kick my <laughs> ass over the internet. You don't have
0: yeah. the pixels. I'll use my fishing line. Get you good. <laughs> you can cast your line all you want, but you're just going to um, find a boot.
3: I'm I'm going to kick your ass, boy. Okay, I'm, I'm going to vote. Blake, only because Woo-hoo. I've never heard Big the Cat use the word fucking before.
1: Yes. So Once be- again, because
3: That'll... I think the better impression was at this end. I got to be honest, but you uh. s- you were Big the Cat saying fucking, so Blake, you win that round. You
0: never uh, said it's... I couldn't go blue. Uh. <laughs> you told me this was a blue cast.
1: Uh. <laughs> fuck. Damn it. <laughs> okay,
3: round one
2: is settled.
1: It's just all the compression. All right.
2: All, right. all right. So I I got to pick a new number five then. Um. So, let's let's sort of flip it. Scratch that, reverse it. 9-inch Nails, Dead Souls from the Crow soundtrack. The Joy Division song. Wait a minute. What's the who did the original? Joy Division. Joy Division Dead
3: Souls covered by 9-inch Nails. I don't know that song. But I'm a considerably older than you.
2: Do, 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 do. They keep calling me. They
4: keep calling me.
3: Wow. Yeah, your listeners yeah. are going to hate me for saying that I don't know that song. It's but. all right. You knew Johnny Aww, Cash. <laughs> of course I know Johnny. <laughs> I hear the train a coming. Yeah, I love Johnny Cash. Uh, okay, so my number four, is See. that what we're doing? Yes. Um, I told you I'm a huge Beatles fan. So I'm going to go with, uh, for number four, It's Getting Better by Gomez. Huh. I love their cover of It's Getting Better.
2: I know Gomez. I don't know that cover.
3: You've got to listen to it. Yeah. It's pretty good. I think it might have been in a film soundtrack or something. That's where it really caught my attention the first time.
1: And uh, I, I, I really like their cover of it. All right. Blake? Oh, boy. Number four for me. It's another Nine Inch Nails cover. This time it's physical. Oh, oh, yeah. The Adam Ant cover. Uh-huh. That, that's, that was yeah. on my short list. That's a good but- one. Is that an Adam song? Adam I and the it is. yeah. Physical, the track
2: ninety-eight on Broken.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's just like so gloomy and like dro- it just like pounds on, but it like works even though it just takes it in a whole other direction. And uh, I, it was one of the first songs I thought of when I was putting together my list. Yeah, that
3: song is one that really draws emotion from you when you hear it, isn't it? It yeah. makes you feel something. It's like a good movie. You know, a bad movie uh, is one where you don't care, you don't feel anything. A good movie is if you feel anything. It doesn't matter if you're pissed off at the end, if you're depressed, if you're happy. If it makes you feel something, it's good. And I think that song is one of those that makes you feel something. That's a
1: good choice, Blake. Thank you. Huh? You're so flattering. Well, love- <laughs> this is my favorite guest ever. <laughs> Keep sucking up. <laughs> all right. Is
2: it uh, my number four? I think number three, uh, right? Didn't uh, we do? No. Oh, your number four. Okay. I had to, I had to pick a new number five. So I've said two songs, oh. but only one slot. Right. Um Because somebody didn't say fucking.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. always go. You fucked yourself on that one.
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um All right. And my number four, I'll have to go with. I will survive as covered by cake. Cake. Yeah. Uh it, Talk about transformation of a song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that they, they took what was a simpering almost unlistenable to for the 100th time disco, disco song, song and enough. turned it into a radio
3: pop hit. And added the word fucking key. Yeah, they fucking. did add the word fuck. They That's did. Fuck was, was never thicker. a part of that song before they did it. So my See, hat goes off to you. Take your hat off for a second okay. so I can pretend it was mine. There you go. All right. now My hat's, hat's off to on. you for that okay. one. That's a good choice. All right. Nice. I wow. like that one. My turn again.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay.
3: I'm going to go with my number three is going to be Higher Ground by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh. The uh, song originally done by Stevie Wonder, obviously. Uh, so... I think their cover of it was just so I
1: don't cool. I, I don't it's... know how to describe it. What, what, Blake, you got a description for this? I think during that era of the Chili Peppers, they just had this weird raw, almost sexual energy yes. about them. And, like, they were just so hyperactive and, like, the world was still – it hadn't turned I, – I have – there's two eras of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh-huh. The awesome era of, like, Mother's Milk and yeah. Uplift, Party Plant, all that stuff. And then there's the Ricky Dang Dong years, which is, like, Californication. <laughs> where that's everything that win. Anthony Kiedis does is just, like, Ricky Ding Dang, ding a rick ding Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that is – that's one of the first songs I ever learned how to play on bass.
3: Yeah and
1: since you mentioned it greatest bass player ever absolutely Flea,
3: Flea. Oh my god he is phenomenal
1: That guy yeah he, I I grew up like just trying to be like a bassist like him
3: Yeah for me yeah. it was Paul McCartney but then Flea comes along and puts a whole new twist on playing bass yeah. Wow, but uh, those two, I think, best bass players you ever. You can't compare
2: the two, but they're both
1: exemplary. No, you can't. They're apples and oranges, yeah. but they're both yeah.
3: fantastic. Yeah. I'm
1: already, yeah, I've already got the left-handed bass player Paul McCartney stuff going on. So. Do you? Oh, sweet. Yeah, so I, then I'm going to take all my slappity-doo from Flea.
3: All right, well, you're next, buddy.
1: All right, uh, hopefully you guys... Don't have this, one? this one? I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, nothing Compares to You Oh, by Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor, yeah. Yeah, a Prince song. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, you got to give it up for the girl on that one. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, Sinead O'Connor's kind of become kind of a pop cultural joke, but that song. Well, had that, she not whatever,
3: torn the Pope's picture in half on Saturday, yeah. Saturday Night Live, she wouldn't have screwed her career, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. You but know that, what? Don't make a political statement on camera, <laughs> unless you're a politician. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, Saturday Night Live is a good place to do it though, because it's sort That's of like true. it's like soft
3: theater yeah. for, in terms of politics. You know? Yeah, but it's... you gotta admit she did fuck herself doing that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she kinda shot herself in the foot. It would have I... been worse if she had torn a picture of, of this Pope. Yeah. It's <laughs> wrong with you. He he listens to Black Sabbath. He just put out a prog rock album. Like <laughs> give the guy a break. Don't tear up his picture. <laughs> have you heard the Pope's new album? Oh, no. <laughs> it's uh it's mod. Modern prog rock mixed with prog rock. T- classical themes and choral themes and the, like, the liturgy.
1: Don't you know about the Pope's two-handed tapping t- guitar technique? <laughs> the Pope yeah. shreds. Are you, you just screwing friends. with me? You're no, screwing it's, it's, with me. It's
2: like a production company that put together the album. Oh, it's not right. him playing instruments, of but course it's not. speeches and messages of him Speaking, Did, wait, in. wait, wait,
3: wait. Did they auto tune the Pope? I don't think so. But I, think a, I think somebody should. I think somebody should auto tune the, the Pope. Register yeah. it tonight. Auto poping. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to agree with you on that one. Uh, that The Sinead O'Connor version of that song was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Thank good you. choice. Wow. Thank you. Oh, man. Right. We've just got great taste, John. Yeah, yeah we're right. all
2: amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yes, we are. Yeah, Victor, you're good too. <laughs>
2: I'm really fucking good apparently. <laughs> uh, so all right, funny. my number 3 uh, is the song Lake of Fire by the Meat Puppets as performed by Nirvana on Nirvana Unplugged. I uh, wow. think they, they they did they did two covers in that show, both of which are great. Uh, the other one they did was The Man Who Sold the World by David Bowie, which I think was a great cover but mm-hmm. didn't really elevate the song. It sounds pretty much like an unplugged version of David Bowie's version yeah. of that uh. song.
1: Yeah. Oh, does it? Does it now? Mm-hmm. I, think, mm-hmm. I think it does. Uh, I is think that I on your list? I think I change my
3: next one. <laughs> well, that makes me change my next one because... Uh, is it my turn again? Yeah. Uh, because I'm going to go with something that was just made so great. Um, I think it was Lee Jackson, wasn't it, Scott? Who wrote Grab Bag? Lee Jackson? Yeah, right. Okay, Grab Bag. Do you know what Grab Bag is? No. It's the Duke Nukem theme, and I like Metallica's mm-hmm. cover. Of the Duke Nukem theme grab bag. Oh wow! That's oh. taking a song to a new level and making it their own. That's at, what? What was that done for? Was it for a compilation
2: or a tribute or, was or something?
1: It, was uh, it on the? No, what was? Uh, what was the good cover good. album? Uh, Metallica.
2: Oh, they planned to put it on the album, yeah. huh. okay.
3: But never did because they couldn't get permission. No. We, we, no. Nope. We. Scott Miller is here. Scott, tell us. Tell us more.
1: I want to know. Uh, well, uh, they were they were supposed to put on the album, and um, I'm honestly not sure why it didn't end up on the album. So that's all I can say. Oh, okay. Well, we'll you're we'll a call, wealth of information. We'll in this call Kirk department.
2: Hammett and ask.
3: He's a local boy. <laughs> okay, you're so all local boys. so that that's my number. Well, that was two, right? Two. Yeah, That was I my number so. two oh, is Metallica's cover of Grab plausible. Bag.
1: Yeah. All right. All right.
3: You well, may not agree with and, it, but I'm Duke Nukem, so and it's to on screw topic.
1: you. <laughs> It's on topic. Yes. Yes. All um, right, Blake. Well, I was going to do The Man Who Sold the World by Nirvana, but you guys shit all over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So instead, um, so I'm going to do Do You Think I'm Sexy by the Revolting Cox. Oh, the I've got Rod not, Stewart cover. Yeah.
3: I love the Rod Stewart song, so, but I don't know that cover version.
1: It's a, nin- it's a 90s industrial version yeah. of, of the song. Uh, like one of the guys in Revolting Cox was like the lead dude from Ministry. Uh-huh. And uh, he just put out this uh, album with some of his friends, and like that cover is just there, and it's a very like Halloweeny cover, I guess you could say.
3: <laughs> you just said Halloweeny. <laughs> I did. I did.
1: I'm working really blue tonight. <laughs> what can I say? Nice. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a cool cover. It definitely switches things up a little bit. It's not nowhere near as smooth as the original, but I think yeah. that's what I enjoy is the abrasiveness. Mm-hmm. so that's that's what i'm going with
2: all right doc you think, all right. You,
1: got, you think you can bring it doc
2: um i am going to go with something that's sort of on theme of my last pick at number one this is my number two i'm behind oh, i right. you I'm on win.
3: one that's you know. right. i'm sorry
2: Coming i'm slow give me a break moving okay. up
3: one notch this week from number three to number
2: two they that's might be giants why Does the Sun Shine? Oh, that's the a The sun one. is a massive incandescent gas. And that EP they put out, uh-huh. which is an educational song from like the 40s or 50s, yes. it had Why Does the Sunshine, and the two other songs on it were two other covers. They did Whirlpool, also by the Meat Puppets, mm-hmm. and Jessica by Allman Brothers Band.
3: They and covered Jessica? i They do an amazing version. cover of Jessica. Really? Because that's a hard song to do. Yeah. It's
2: a hard song to do, and the, the instrumentation they use on it, and the tone of it is just beautiful. They they Do give that song. Do you have it? Uh, I, I don't, but I could I could Googleify. I could bring it up. I could make it happen. Well,
3: you don't have to play it now. I just wanted I wanted to yeah. pirate a copy from um, you. But that's that's
2: uh, that's one of, that's one of my all time favorites. Is that that whole EP? Oh, I gotta hear it with all three of those songs. Uh-huh. Uh, there's something about Meat Puppets songs that. Oh God, I, I I can't say this without it sound like an insult to the band, but a Meat Puppets cover is on average more listenable than a Meat, puppet original song music. Uh, meat yeah. Puppets song by Meat Well, they
3: have that sound you like. They just don't write great songs.
2: Maybe vice versa. I think I'm saying the songs... When other artists cover the Meat Puppets songs, they give them
3: new life. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah,
1: the Meat Puppets do kind of have a Bobcat Goldthwait quality. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You put your finger
3: right on it. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, and that can that can turn people off sometimes. But yeah, they inspired like every awesome band in the '90s, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: One of the, one of those bands, bands mm-hmm. like yeah. like Dinosaur Junior. They had one or two, you know, MTV singles, but there's. Two dozen other bands that will cite Dinosaur Jr. as a huge influence to them. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So is it time for number one? It's time for number one. Hello
0: again. Coming in at number one. I'm Casey in Hollywood and the Cata continua.
3: I'm sorry. Rising up the charts. I'm Casey and I'm really dead. Okay. So my number one I told you I'm a huge Beatles fan, so you knew I was gonna go there, I bet. Uh, I had money on it. <laughs> Did you? Come Together, Aerosmith. Ooh. I really, really like their cover of Come
2: Together. From the Sgt. Pepper's movie, right? From the
3: movie, yeah, which was pretty awful. That, that BG's Gees, Robert monstrosity. Stigwood, piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, the BG's Peter Frampton, whatever. But the Saving Grace, as far as musical. Uh, portions of that film, uh, I think, was come together by Aerosmith. Great cover, yeah. Great cover. And uh, you got to admit uh, too, the uh, Earthwind and Fire did a great cover of Got, got to, to get, get You Into, into, into My life. life.
2: Amazing with the Tower of Power horn section. Oh
3: my right God, there. the Tower of Power is so good. But <sighs> yeah, but, but all, I'm well, sticking with strictly rock and roll, so mm-hmm. I'm going Aerosmith and mm-hmm. Come Together, which is a good trick if you can do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. The timing is. It's it all about work. the timing. It's yeah. about pre-communication.
3: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. All right, Blake. Professor Girden. Robot. I know. already one. know
1: my number one. Is, Do you want uh, a drum roll first? That'd be great. It's "Hurt" by Johnny Cash.
3: Uh, uh, I've heard that somewhere before.
1: Yeah,
3: Hurt but, uh, uh, somewhere I'm gonna before.
1: also. T- uh, my alt was "Kids in America" by Bloodhound Gang. Oh, great
3: one! Oh, that's not bad yeah. at great all. Cover. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it's a good oy, cover. Oy, oy, that's, <laughs> oh.
3: yeah. I was hoping we'd have more matches, so. This is the last
2: chance right here. I I am surprised that my number one isn't a clash with you, good Sir Robot. Yes. We'll bring it on. In my opinion, if you're talking about transcending an original cover, or transcending an original song as a cover, Devo, Satisfaction. Oh, that is a good one. take a song that has one of the most iconic guitar riffs in the world. Yeah and you strip it completely. Uh-huh. Keith Richards' guitar riff is nowhere to be found in Devo's version of Satisfaction. has nothing to do with their version whatsoever. But it retains whatsoever. enough of the original character and uh. gives it, you've got the meter of the drum beat and the bass and the guitar doing three different things that yeah. overlap in pieces, yeah. but it never feels like the song is one thing, and yet the vocals lay over it perfectly. From start to finish, it's just a masterpiece. That's a good choice. Um, um,
3: bravo. Bravo! Let, let's doctrine. give him a little golf clap, Blake. <laughs> By the Bless way, you. incidentally, if you ever get the golf clap, little shot of penicillin will clear that right up. Ooh! Ooh. Who did you get the penicillin. golf clap from? Is that <laughs> not naming not tell, names. <laughs> gentlemen's
2: don't name names. So I, I um. I have to admit, I Googled you before this show. All right, mostly so I'd recognize you in the lobby. You see me licking some chick's leg. I did see you licking no some chick's leg. Doubt. That's exactly what I was going. That's for. just a fan. That's, that's all. That's not the clap. I didn't bring her. No, all it's right. just some fan. Well, it's it's a good it's a good image to have as a
3: as a press piece. <laughs> so, what did you find out when you Googled me? A uh, long list of video games. Oh yes, indeed, there are quite a few. And a um, uh, lot of
2: elementary schools and hospitals. <laughs>
3: What? Oh, by the, the Saint name John. of St. John. Yeah, ah, of course. Yeah. So, uh, did you have any particular faves in that list of video games? I must ask. Oh, I mean, Duke Duke is it for me? I no. I 3D, right? Duke 3D.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. The original. Yeah. The bestest. The pixeliest.
0: Come get
2: some. <sighs> Those, those pixel strippers and the pixel urinals, I mean, it's like... How many times did you hit the, the space bar? Shake it, baby. Shake it,
3: baby. Shake I hit a lot, of, more, baby. a lot of space More bars. than I care to admit. Yeah, yeah same here. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Might, yeah, Might have had to replace a couple springs in that space bar. <laughs> for that and other reasons related to having a computer in the early 90s. Those were the teenager. first
3: pixelated tits I ever saw. <laughs> oh. Was in Duke Nukem 3D. I was not impressed by them. No. But oh. it was still fun to play a video game where you could see titties. That's true. And you know what I got to say about Duke Nukem 3D? When my, my oldest brother who passed away a couple of years ago, uh, when Duke 3D came out, he and I used to play online the Duke match stuff. It was so intense and scary. Do you remember when oh, yeah. you first played it way back in the day? How how intense it was, and how your yeah. skin would crawl and you'd sweat, and it was just nerve wracking as hell. Yeah, you walk I love you walk that. into that
2: uh, that bookstore, and somebody fires a rocket from behind yes. a bookshelf, and yes. you're like,
4: fuck,
3: yeah. I gotta and, drop down that air duct again. It's that feeling you got while you were playing the game. That tension is like. How do I describe it? Oh, you know when you're leaning back in a chair on two legs like this, and it's just about to fall over, but you catch yourself just in the middle? It's like feeling like that all the time. Yeah, I love yeah. that feeling.
1: Yeah, I think game the first-person shooters don't really have a sense of humor or get creative as much nowadays in a lot of ways, I, I feel, as they did back then. Yeah, I that's feel true. Like people were willing to take a risk on i mean redneck rampage existed back then oh yeah you, i remember that one you could not yeah. make a redneck rampage nowadays and yeah. it's it's probably some of it's for the best but you know in a lot of ways everything's kind of yeah but it's something lost
3: shooting. yeah it's something lost because we're too politically correct for that kind of stuff today yeah, we we, we I, can't laugh at ourselves enough anymore so we can't do that kind of game anymore because there's too many lawyers willing to you know yeah,
2: Shadow Warrior is going to be a thing of the past. <laughs> I, I got, I you. I I got your can, low wing right I don't here. I hoping you can base Whoa. an entire video game off a of racial stereotype in, the, you,
1: in today's you know, world. You know that they just released a new Shadow Warrior yes. like a couple of years ago. Yes. <laughs> have you played it? Because it's awesome. I have not, but I look forward ah. to it. I, I know it's, the original
3: voice actor is not a part of it. That's a shame.
1: Yeah, they, they switched it up a lot. But yeah. uh, the new game came out. It was enjoyable. I remember doing stuff with it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun just, with
2: that game That, that game had good deathmatch too Shurikens, that's a real weapon
1: My favorite was
2: uh,
0: Oh, sorry, did I, did, did I break your concentration? Is, yeah. is
3: that what he said? Yeah. I love that yeah. oh my god, Lo Wang was such an asshole yeah. What a great
2: character yeah. Oh boy. Uh, do, do, so, are you much of a gamer outside of the games that you work on?
3: Not really. I wish I had more time to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the games I play for the most part. I love the Need for Speed games. I love driving racing games. Uh, I like flight simulators too. And um, these days, I, I like the mobile app games. The mobile games are a lot of fun for me because I can play them anywhere, anytime. And at home, I don't have time. i you know I got a PS4. I don't have time for it, though, is a problem. I use it mostly to watch Netflix and Hulu Plus, which is sad. You spend that kind of money for a PS4 and you're using it to watch Netflix? What the hell is wrong with you? But I just don't have the time for for the games. I'd like to make more time. But my skill level, you know, when my son turned 12, that's when video games were no longer fun to me because he could whip my ass in five seconds. I can't compete with younger players. So, you know, it's not as fun.
1: It's tough. I get my butt whipped by like twelve year olds in Japan on like fighting games console. (laughs) Yeah, ain't it great? Yeah, you just kind of gotta get over the emasculating aspects of playing games online. I didn't realize
3: (laughs) how much of
2: a faggot I was until I played Call of Duty. (laughs) Thank you for telling me, twelve year old kid on his Xbox. Yes, yes.
3: Doesn't that piss you off? God.
2: And if you play that game without the voice You're tactically dead Yeah If you play it with the voice You're socially dead Exactly
3: (laughs) That's a good point Uh,
2: Yeah, I like playing those kind of games with friends Uh, Like the first Doom Yeah Yeah Four guys, four computers in the back of a video game shop on an yeah. IPX network. Yeah. Like, when you're yelling at each other and there's no asshats in the room, Uh huh. that's the best deathmatch experience I could ever have.
3: I agree with that. Those were the days.
2: And Halo Land 1 on the parties. Xbox did, did a pretty good job of having a great four-player local experience. And I remember one time we actually got 16 guys, four Xboxes, four TVs. And had nice. one 16-person local
3: nice. Halo match in one oh, house. Dude, that's awesome. And alcohol, right? Oh, yeah. Of oh, yeah. Why not? Oh. you, you got to
2: crash that ghost into something. <laughs> <laughs> what a good time. Yeah. Oh, my God. So is, wow. is there uh, any, anything else you'd like to say to the cartoon violence as a podcast audience before we wrap this thing up? Yes,
3: I want you to buy Bombshell. It's coming out next month. Uh, it'll be on the PC. And then you can get it for uh, PS4 and for Xbox One, uh, first quarter of 2016. And I want you to see how badass Heskel is. No, Well, you know what? Actually, I want you to see how badass Bombshell is. You'll forget. You know, it doesn't matter that it's a female character. To to male if there are any male gamers out there who have an issue with that, dude, it's a non-issue whatsoever. This game plays and looks so good, you're just going to be blown away by it. Just
1: just grow up if you have a problem playing a girl in the video game. Thank you, Blake. Yeah, grow the fuck
3: up up and play the game because it's a great damn game.
1: It really is.
3: So please, buy Bombshell.
1: Help put my kids through school. All right, have you guys got all the voice acting done now? Is everything recorded or do you need to bring in cartoon violence to like do some ancillary characters?
3: <laughs> I may have to hire you guys musically for something down the road here. I'm I'm going to try right. to find something that we can collaborate on. Let's do it. That would be fun. You it here
1: first. I'm totally I am always down to rock. Sweet. Uh, if Let's there's do it. one thing I'm always down for, it's music. Well, we're all and in California,
3: we'll be, right? We're
1: all in California. There Are you, you in go. SoCal?
3: I I am. Yeah, I'm in San yeah, Diego. Well.
1: We're gonna be in uh, we're gonna be in LA uh the uh, second weekend in uh January, rocking out at a big music and video. It's a Chiptunes. Oh, Chiptunes uh, festival. We're gonna be at a Chiptunes festival.
3: That's cool. I wonder if some of my buddies are gonna be there. I'm gonna look into that, it's and maybe like I'll it. come see you guys.
1: Yeah, come on out, rock out with us. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. It was I a really, pleasure. Really wish I could be there in person, um, but. You know, uh, just my luck that I would get sick. The day of the podcast. I'm um, just
3: hoping you feel better by the end of the podcast. Just
1: stop I'm, eating
2: ground pizzas. They look tasty, but they're, look, they're disastrous. <laughs> look, this... I told you,
3: stay away from that gas station sushi.
1: Guys, the way this uncooked pork just slides down my tongue, though, it's like a sensation. <laughs> <laughs> ah, pork sashimi, very tasty. Pork sashimi.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: oh, no, that can't be bad for you, right? Pork is like another white meat. I think it gives you ringworm. Oh, mm is that all Mm, that's delicious well if you
2: like it then you better put a ringworm on it
1: and on that note all
3: right john st john
1: thank you so much for being on our podcast. pleasure thanks for having me guys i appreciate it all right and of course everyone go buy bombshell yes buy bombshell buy bombshell and buy our albums and buy everything from everyone
2: yeah spend all your money on things you don't need all
1: right we'll see you next time
2: (laughs) thanks for having a podcast with us john
3: my pleasure
5: Dr. Octave here, just giving a couple quick plugs at the end of this episode, which I hope you enjoyed. First of all, that November show I teased last month, it's not going to happen. We're going to be spending some time in the studio, turning out some new music for the rest of the year, but we'll be back playing a live show in January in Los Angeles at a place called The Smell downtown for Freakfest 5. This is the Southern California Mothership version of the Freak Fest NorCal Festival that we played in San Jose in September. And there's going to be three days of the hottest in chiptune music. It's going to be from Friday to Sunday, January 15th to 17th. And we're going to be playing on Sunday the 17th. So show up, there's going to be open mics, there's going to be some chiptune tutorials, and there's going to be... A bunch of bands. Go find all the information you need on Facebook at 8BitLA. And you can follow us on Facebook at The Real Cartoon Violence. We are at Cartoon Violins on Twitter, where we'd love to hear your own favorite cover songs. Tweet at us using the hashtags CV5 and CoverSongs, and let's talk. You can also find our latest live EP on Bandcamp at cartoonviolins.bandcamp.com. It's also a link on our website, cartoonviolencemusic.com. You can find our tour dates there, as well as our album, Robots and Dinosaurs, and all our podcast episodes and show notes and top five lists. Speaking of top five lists, we make a list every month, a playlist on Spotify of all the songs that are available there, so, go check those out under the username Cartoon Violence, all one word, also on our website. And you can find videos on YouTube at Cartoon Violence Band. And you can find this podcast and our album on iTunes, where we'd appreciate all the stars and reviews you can muster for either of them. It's a review based world, so help us out a little bit. Until next time, I'm going to let Duke take us out.
0: Yeah, Cartoon Violence has a podcast, and you're listening to it. You're listening to me, Duke Nukem. Balls of steel, baby.